Hello, and welcome into the 93rd episode of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. It's a different voice today, but we had some connection issues during the recording. But regardless of that, we got a good episode for you guys. We're going over top 12 Dynasty running backs and couldn't be more excited to get into the episode. So let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts. Here we go, episode number 93 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome, welcome in for another week of the podcast we have max and super producer holding it down on the land i am not in the city of brotherly love i am in new jersey i'm in my parents garage filming this weekend i'm home this weekend so if you hear some squeaks maybe some mice chirping and, and running around maybe that's why i hope they but don't gentlemen get, how are we doing i hope they don't get you man yeah i hope they don't get me too you know I don't like to consider myself a scaredy cat, but if I see one uh, run across the floor, I might scream at episodes. So uh, trigger warning for your ears. I wouldn't blame you, man. I If I see an ant, I scream. So it's pretty bad these days. But we're good. We're good in the land, me and Nick C. Excited for an episode to get to talk some running backs. It's probably my favorite thing in fantasy football. Absolutely. want to apologize to the listeners because we didn't have an episode last week. It was a little bit last minute. We were trying to shoot on a Thursday, and then life got in the way. A couple of us were busy, didn't want to put the podcast out for one individual person to try to do. So we waited, uh, gave a week's notice. We're going to be doing it this week. Obviously, you should be getting it sometime this week, but wanted to thank you all for listening. And before we get in the episode, there's been a lot in the news with Hopkins and Dalvin Cook and all these free agents. Just a way to kind of wrap it in. Sure. Before we get in the episode, I just want to know, firm date by the time this is released, gut check time, shout out Big Al, do any of those guys sign? Because we're almost at the end of June. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think it'll be a couple weeks, personally. A couple weeks? Before the 4th of July, yes or no? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. I feel like these guys are just waiting waiting out training camp i feel like they don't want to be in the building and get some unnecessary little hamstring tweak or something so i feel like it's going to be later than people think honestly all right let's get into the episode today we have a great one for you we're going to be having some rb rankings super producer mentioned it earlier so that time of year we're getting really excited about these running backs and through going through the rankings we kind of realized it's kind of thin for those elite level upside guys. It's not like the wide receivers. We know that naturally, but when you're really looking at every individual player, it starts to get more and more apparent just how real that statistic is about those elite level running backs versus the elite level wide receivers. Before we get into the episode, though, did want to give a quick shout out. Go to at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Super producer Nixie does a great job of keeping that thing up to date talking about current news, information, players moving. And what's my favorite part is we put a lot of trades that we see in our home leagues on there for you to vote on. Helps get a really accurate price 
that you can see these players going for in dynasty leagues that are made up of really competitive people. I'm not going to lie. So go follow us on Twitter at dynasty monarchy, D Y N A S T Y M O N A R C H Y on Twitter. Give us a follow over there and we will see you on the other side. It's crazy though. Like we, we post these trades and there's people that are even on the podcast, like Peter himself, and he still just can't find fair value. He can't seem to get his team better. And Pete, I just want you to listen up because running backs are very important. They're a staple of winning championships and you need to go get a third one. So let's listen up. All right. Before we get into the RB rankings, Max has a trade, our favorite segment. Who is it for, Max? Pete, it's for you, man. I'm just trying uh, to help you get better. I, if I, anybody in your leagues comes up to you and says, I'm trying to help you get better, just be a little bit cautious. I just, so it's in Superflex. It's in a 12-team, full-point PPR, Superflex league. And I have two different options for you here, Pete. Okay. I'm ready to listen. First option, I want your Jerry Judy. You got a lot of Denver Broncos in that lineup. I do. I figured I want your Jerry Judy. I'm going to give you my DJ Moore Mm -hmm. and my Josh Downs for your Jerry Judy. That's very hard. And I'm not a big fan of Jerry Judy. To be honest, I kind of like DJ Moore and DJ Moore's skill set more than I like Jerry Judy. But the situations are really killing me. I have Russ in this league, and to have a stack with a Sean Payton-led offense would be very, very, very nice. I just don't think that Josh Downs is the difference that would make me pull the trigger on that trade. While that goes down in probably about 90% of your home leagues, I'm not 100% certain that I would do it. Is there anything you could throw on top? Anything I can throw on top of Josh Downs? Instead of Josh Downs, maybe. Oh, instead of Josh Downs? I don't know. I mean, I could maybe do Marvin Mims, but I don't know if I would want to do that. Would you do it with Marvin Mimimers? My I would not. Wow. I just think that these uh, dart throw wide receivers offer not a lot besides clogging up my bench. Well, considering your wide receivers right now on your bench are pretty bad, I mean... You have Jamison Williams, who's out for six games. Jalen Hyatt, who's running with the third team. Darnell Mooney. He'll be fine. And Corey Davis. Um, your wide receiver depth's pretty atrocious. I just figured I'd ask. Yeah, but those guys, they really don't help my wide receiver depth. Max, I'm going to have to sadly reject this trade. I know before the show started, you said, Peter, I have a trade. 90% sure you're right. I think this is the 10% you fall on. No, no. That wasn't the one, Peter. That was the one I would want you to accept. This is the one I think you'll do. Oh. Yes, Peter. I am prepared to offer you my super pro- before Before you do this, Super Producer, what do you think about the deal? I think I'd lean Judy side still in that deal. Mims on top kind of makes it closer for me. But like you said, with the stack, I feel like it's hard to give up, uh, especially because of what Judy showed last season. And DJ Moore has really, I don't know. I'm I'm starting to chill on him more than I think about it with that passing offense. I think it's just going to come down to Justin Fields. That That's really what it's going to come down to because we've seen DJ Moore do very well with bad quarterbacks. And he had a perfectly below average quarterback in Sam Darnold 
feed him a great season. Season's worth of stats. Let me say that. Season's worth of stats. So I think that the potential is there. You're obviously paying that premium to get him now, but I'm not willing to move off of that stack. Now, if I didn't have Russ, I'd probably do the deal. I mean that. But to have that stack, especially in a super flex league, is huge. Sure. Well, then, I don't know if you'll accept this one, but I think this one's a pretty big overpay, honestly. I'm prepared to give you my Terry McLaurin and my Zay Flowers for your Jerry Judy. I can't do that. You thought I would do that 90% of the time? I don't like Zay Flowers. That is basically, you don't like Zay Flowers? I don't. I don't like him at all. I probably wouldn't even draft him if I was in the first round and he was like still there at 112. Crazy. Yeah, it's a, it sucks. It sucks. And it's just the prototype. And I have a, a hard and fast rule when I draft. I have to be able to project this person to be a top 12 pick. Jalen Hyatt. No, that's a third round pick. If I'm drafting in the first round, at one point in this guy's career, is he going to be a top 12 dynasty pick? Probably not, right? I look at that passing offense. There's just so much mystery there with Lamar. Uh, and then the receiving core beyond that. And then you look at the other side, Terry McLaurin. Terry's old, man. Who the hell is going to throw him the ball? Oh, he's 27. Yeah, he's going to be 28 before the year's over. Well, it's unfortunate we couldn't get a deal done. Mr. Max, do you have a trade for Super Producer? No, I have another one for you. Oh, my God. Super Producer, I'm sorry. I am prepared to give you my Mark Andrews. Now this, you have my attention. This is the same league, by the way. Okay. I give you my Mark Andrews and my DJ Moore for your Greg Dulcich and your choice of AJ Brown and Garrett Wilson. Ooh, I thought you were going to say Judy. I was going to say, where do I sign? I can't do that, Max. Wow. I can't. Yeah pretty good value man it was it's very good value it's very good value but those two guys are top six guys in dynasty at wide receiver i don't really want them both i understand that but to be able to give up two top six options two top six dynasty wide receiver options i can't do that and dulcich i think will blossom into a startable tight end this year mark andrews is great don't get me wrong and it hurts me to turn it down because I know he's going to have a great year and he's probably going to be the number one target in that offense in Baltimore. But and DJ Moore, I don't know. I know. Is it? Is it? I can't. Cool? I just can't. I can't. I'd be more willing to give up AJ Brown than Garrett Wilson. I'd rather have Garrett Wilson than AJ Brown. Well, unlucky. I mean, my other one was going to be Mark Andrews for Dulcich and Judy, but. I don't know if I would do that. You won't send that. I don't know if I would do it. I, Super I producer, him. bully him into sending this deal. I'm going to send you one. It's going to be a mystery blind trade. That uh, Mystery blind trade. I don't want to take up too much of the listener's time, so I'm just going to send you one. And we can, uh, if you feel the need to share it on the episode, then we share it. Are you sending it right now? I am. All right. I need I need advice. I need advice from Super Producer on this trade. And Super Producer, whatever you say is what I'm going to do. Wow. I'm going to make it interesting. 
Super producer, I want you to give analysis for both sides, pros, cons for both sides of this deal. And then I want you to decide whether or not I should accept. That's a big burden, Pete. I understand. But this is your burden. You cannot abstain. I would receive Mark Andrews and Josh Downs. So basically, it would be Mark Andrews. Because I do not value Josh Downs at all. That's unlucky. I would be giving up Jerry Judy, Greg Dulcich, and Isaiah Pacheco. Now, Mr. C, your word is final. Whatever you say, I do. I see the value in getting Andrews just for the lineup plug. But like you were saying, your running backs are garbo. Like, I mean, I guess Pacheco is really only the – I'll take this back. Your running backs are not garbage. You have two great starting running backs, but the running back bench, depth is bad. The depth, the depth is a big thing, especially with Judy as well. He's really the only flex play that I'd feel good with on your team right now. So I feel like I'd rather just gamble with Dulcich and just have the upside with Judy and Dulcich having Wilson there. As well, because that, that plays a big factor for me is that stack, like you said. So I feel like I just lean um, the Judy decline. side in that. You lean to Klein. Max, I'm sorry. Nick C has spoken. I'm going to send another one. <laughs> you keep the Listeners want to hear the RB rankings, Mr. Max. I'm just, this is my last one. I think it gets through. I really do. I agree. You need to keep Pacheco. Mr. C, it's up to you now. He's back on the on the hot seat. He has changed it. Instead of Pacheco, it is Ty J. Spears. So it's Mark Andrews and Josh Downs for Jerry Judy, Dulcich, and Ty J. Spears. You just said you do Andrews for Judy and Dulcich. I think Josh Downs is worth more than Tajay Spears. I know. I'm just I gave listen, I I started with Mr. C. I'm gonna ride with Mr. C. I don't know. I feel like it almost doesn't change too much. For oh, me. and Tajay Spears are equal. I don't know if it's that much more value to me. The whole concept is: Do you think Sean Payton is washed? Right. Because if you think he's washed, you accept any deal for these Denver assets, and I think that's something good for the listeners at home is all these Denver assets are kind of rising a little bit every week, right? Judy's going up. Dulcich is almost probably almost doubled in value. I counted it. Oh, he goes Mark Andrews for Judy and Dulcich. Super producer, I've ridden with you. I can't I can't <laughs> I, hide away from this. Pete, I got you to the point. I feel like this is one that you got to make the decision on. I, I got, got you. you. I sweetened it, it up. You literally got it to where you want it, man. I wanted a little more out of you. I couldn't do it. It you has got, been accepted. You got it to where you want. I gave up my stack of Lamar and Andrews. I needed more wide receiver depth. I like Dulcich. I like Judy. I'm happy with it. I wanted a running back on top of it there. Didn't end up getting it. Kind of got down to where I was fine. I was going to send the Mark Andrews for those two originally anyway, so... I was trying to sneak a little more out of Mr. Pete. He didn't bite. He went to Mr. C, who's just hates trading with me. So, All right. We want to thank the listeners for hearing 
Max's trade process. This is what it's like with Max. You just have to keep denying him and denying him until he gives you what you want. Because he will eventually trade with you. All right. Let's move into our RB rankings. Consensus top 12 rankings. We find the first three. One, two, three are all the exact same. We have them in that very order as well. I didn't want to put this guy one. I know Super Producer and Max are really high on this guy. Believe me, I am as well. I think he's going to have over 1,000 yards this season and a lot of touchdowns. His utilization is going to be through the roof. But I didn't want to put him at one because I felt there was some other asset out there. But the more we looked at the RB field, there's so many negative points with every single running back, but not with this one. B. John Robinson is the consensus RB1 in Dynasty. Super producer, you and I have been talking about this guy for multiple years at this point. He's finally arrived. Max, just learning about him last year, a little bit more. There's the smirk. I wanted to get your feedback, both of you, on the potential for Bijan this upcoming season. For me, it's really just the age of Bijan. He just turned 21 in January, so... He'll be 21 this whole season. You're not going to find many running backs in that age. Jameer Gibbs is pretty high in our rankings as well. Um, but when you take the age, the draft capital, just the talent itself, like that's why he's my number one running back. Yes, I think Brees is very good, um, but Brees is coming off a torn ACL. And I just i am not a fan of that. So I'm putting Bijan here and loving it. Yeah, dude, the time is here. It's, it's amazing. We were kind of talking about it me and pete uh before the show started you know i feel like i'm with everybody you wish you could have Bijan on every roster you have i mean perfect situation i'm not perfect situation but it is it is still a great situation it's gonna get the work it's gonna get the work yeah atlanta i want to say they were like 32nd or 31st uh in pass attempts per game they had like the most rushing attempts per game i'm pretty sure so i you know, Bijan is going to be the engine for that offense. They have a good offensive line as well. Um, the only knock could maybe be quarterback play, but I, I don't think it really affects Bijan that much because if Ritter comes out and isn't super good, they're going to have to give Bijan the ball probably like 26, 27 times a game to be competitive in these games. And they're trying to win now. So I think it's going to be, we're going to see some grinder games from Atlanta. They, they beefed up their defense. So I think they're really going to try to grind teams out and that's just going to lead to all the touches for Bijan, which is going to be amazing to watch. We really don't have to discuss them anymore. If you're playing dynasty fantasy football, you completely understand where he's at and his ranking. Again, I didn't want to have him at one, but Looking around at the the RBs, it's just so many question marks for every guy moving forward. And the question marks start at our consensus RB2, Brees Hall. Uh, all of us at number two for Brees. Again, coming off that injury, I feel like we were a little bit more scared off for Javante's injury last year. We understand that Brees is going to present long-term value as long as his knees are able to hold up. One injury, sometimes we look at Saquon, we look at McCaffrey, one injury begets another but we can't take that as the absolute truth. Max, I want you to talk about Brees Hall and his potential outlook 
for the 2023 season with Rodgers and this new revamped Jets offense? I mean, this is going to be one of the best offenses he probably plays on in his career. Um, when you look at Brees, like we're not as low on him as Javanta because one, we've seen Brees do it. Like those games last year when Brees was doing it on that Jets offense with Zach Wilson, like that's that's pretty impressive to me. Two, Rodgers does give him a boost there. And then three, like Javanta tours LCL and ACL, I believe it was, or PCL. So Javanta tore more than just one ligament or whatever bone structure it is. Um, but just Brees, the landing spot, and that offensive line. I mean, Peter, you could talk on it more than I can. It, those are some behemoth of men. I mean, those are just – Oh, the whole thing is keeping them healthy because they're so big. Those are some big boys. They're definitely they're, – they're units. Yeah. So the offensive line, Rodgers elevating that run game, some checkdowns as well. If Brees can come back from an ACL after one season, we don't see many running backs do it. We usually see – going into their second season off the ACL, like J.K. Dobbins, Javanta. Uh, well, Javanta would be another year. J.K. Dobbins this year. Um, Saquon. Saquon. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, Super producer, I wanted you to talk really quick about what will happen if the Jets sign Dalvin Cook. Apparently, there's been rumors buzzing around. I have some internal sources with the Jets saying that things are – kind of heating up at one Jets drive with some potential free agent signings. You know, rumor has it it's it's Dalvin Cook uh, from my source over there. And again, this is an actual source. I'm not just saying that to say it. But specifically, Nixie, what does this do to Brees's value for the current year? Let's not say for the future, but for the current year, because Dalvin will probably only sign a one-year deal. I think it's fine. Um, I, I wouldn't be too concerned about it. Me and you were talking about it again, Peter, uh, before the show about maybe there's still a buy window for Brees. If anything, in a dynasty lens, if Dalvin signs there, that's when you can maybe buy him for a little bit of a discount. Um, two firsts? Maybe, probably. But I, I think for this year, it could be concerning for the start of the year. But once Brees is back and in, in full bore i there's no way dalvin's gonna vulture that many touches from him i feel like um i did have one so a few things just for Brees last year it's like he was he would be probably my rb1 if he obviously didn't tear his acl last year his efficiency stats were just insane i i just have like a stat dump is from player profiler i plugged it a handful of times it's just really good website for uh, analytics and stuff on, on different players, but he was first in yards per touch at 6.9. He was first in juke rate at 50.5%. He was second in breakaway run rate at 11.3. So that's runs that go over 15 yards. And he was also third respectively in both of these uh, yards created per touch, which was 4.3 and then third in true yards per carry at 5.3, which I think takes away uh, rushes that go over 15 yards. So it's more of a consistency thing uh, with true yards per carry, but just shows how special Brees is. I think there could be concerns with, like you said, Max, how he comes back off of the ACL, but longer term, I mean, this dude's special and, he could be RB1 going into next season, I feel like. But. 100%. All right, let's move into our number three consensus running back. 
Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts. Another guy that former number one overall, probably dynasty prospect, the infamous trade, the infamous trade between two monarchs here. Mr. C being the inevitable holder of Jonathan Taylor through most of last season. Give me your thoughts on the season he had and the season you're projecting him to have this season. Yeah, man, it was rough. I feel like anybody who took him, he was pretty much the consensus 101 for redraft. And, and it was rough. probably. Yeah, probably. It, it was just a rough season, man, altogether. Uh, he struggled with some injuries during the season. I forget what they were specifically, but it definitely hampered him and his production. It wasn't super good, even from an analytical standpoint. It's not like, I mean, I think he might have had like a handful of breakout games but i really do think he's in for a good season i think people are down on him having richardson there uh at quarterback i think really boosts this offense because matt ryan last year anyone is an upgrade over him so i really think they can get that offense moving it would be interesting to see if they switch to a more like run heavy offense kind of like baltimore i feel like that could be fun for taylor even though it might lead to some vulturing of some goal line touchdowns or something like that. But I do think he's in for a good season. They still have a good offensive line as well. So, Yeah, I don't think there's much to say. I mean, the offensive line is still very, very good. The wide receiver weapons are very subpar. I mean, Michael Pittman Jr., um, Alec Pierce, Josh Downs, those are like their big three wide receivers. And it's just like, eh, who knows what could happen with them. They don't really have much of a tight end game as well. So, they're going to be grounded and pounding. Anthony Richardson might steal some, like Nick C said, but for the most part, like I think he's going to bounce back. I love the offensive hire that they had with the old Eagles offensive coordinator, I believe it was. Um, yes, Steichen. Shane Steichen. So, I don't know. I think this team could be really good, and everyone's picking the Jags to win that division. I can see the Colts winning it. I really can. Myself, when I look at Taylor, I see a lot of potential, right? We look at those running backs for the Eagles last year, specifically Miles Sanders, right? We had a really high-powered offense with a running quarterback, and we still found fantasy value. Whether or not we're going to find elite topside fantasy value, we don't know yet. So when I look at Jonathan Taylor, I think the talent wins out, right? He is a lot better than Miles Sanders talent-wise. So I think Steichen will be able to find ways to scheme him up. That running offense, they're not going to take – the Eagles offensive line coach with them, but I'm sure Steichen took a couple of the young uh, upcoming offensive line. I think Taylor will have a good season. Next up, a guy I'm very confident in, but I'm the least confident out of everyone here for dynasty rankings. They have him both at four. I am at seven. Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama now for Detroit. I'm just a little bit, nervous about what happened with DeAndre Swift. That's the only reason he's down that far for me. But I want to hear you guys why you're so so vehemently strong on him. Don't be nervous. DeAndre Swift was not drafted by Dan Campbell. DeAndre Swift was drafted by the old regime. They had no interest in DeAndre Swift. They used him. He got hurt, yada, yada, yada. Jameer Gibbs, when you have a running back drafted in the top 12 overall, I mean, you've been through the finishes, Peter. These guys, they are pretty much the safest thing since sliced bread. These guys will finish and produce at a huge ROI. I mean, if you want Jameer Gibbs in a startup draft in a one-quarterback draft, you're going to have to pay a second-round pick for him probably. 
um, just given the scarcity at running back position. But don't be nervous about what happened with DeAndre Swift. I think they're two different backs. If anything, I'd be nervous about David Montgomery maybe stealing some goal line work. They love him, man. They could have taken him at 18. They probably could have got him in the 30s. They took him at 12. They wanted him. This is their guy. So they're going to give him the ball, especially with JMO out. He's going to feast. Super producer. You hit on a lot of the points that I was going to bring up. Draft capital, that's undeniable. I was kind of down on Gibbs going into the draft, but you can't have take lock, especially in Dynasty fantasy football. I've been trying to get better at that. And Gibbs, all the signs point to him being a top five, top four Dynasty running back because he's so young. I think especially in PPR, he's going to be an absolute monster. They're moving him all around in the slot, everything like that. Workload concerns are there, but you never expected Gibbs to get the lion's share of the touches, no pun intended there. But I don't know, Pete, you brought up being nervous about how Swift played out. The big thing for me is look at how DeAndre Swift was valued in Dynasty before like this past season i mean he was a top three running back probably in dynasty just because of his efficiency i mean he was splitting touches with jamal williams and was still valued that highly so i think it's going to be a similar path that jameer gibbs is in for as long as he can stay healthy that's the biggest thing with anybody in uh fantasy football but i think gibbs is a lot yeah gibbs is is one of the safer picks to have uh, barring any injuries that you could have. I mean, even amongst wide receivers, I feel like Gibbs is going to lose little to no value going into the next season, even if he has a dud of a season. Yeah, no, I think he will be great. I just, especially in Dynasty, I look at it a little bit more through a contender lens. And I, I've mentioned that on the show multiple times. Unless you're rebuilding and you know that you're not going to win, I value players very differently. I value like let's say this next guy, I value him higher than Jameer Gibbs. Let's move on to our number five running back, Christian McCaffrey out of San Francisco. I have him valued at six overall. Max and Super Producer have him at five overall. You guys are kind of playing footsie over there for a while on this draft, going hand in hand down merrily as we go. I'm not the biggest running back fan in general, but I mean, the top five I feel like are pretty consistent. Like I'm not putting... Josh Jacobs over CMC. I'm not putting Saquon over CMC. Like CMC is one of those guys where it's like he's going to be 101 in redraft picks. The season he had, the offense he's in in San Francisco, like just to name some of the things. Like, yes, he's up there in age, but he also took a season off, basically a season and a half. So he doesn't have that much of a workload. The thing with like him compared to Gibbs, like why I rank Gibbs higher. So if Gibbs tears his ACL tomorrow, Gibbs will still have a really great value next year. If CMC tears his ACL, He's basically good as worthless. I mean, that's just what it is. Do you think you could fetch a first for him if he were to have a season-ending injury? No. I think you would be able to just based off the name. I think he could as well. That'd be crazy, man. I, I look at CMC, fair market value, probably two firsts right now. Right? I'd say probably about two firsts, a first and three quarters, three quarters away, first and that startable player. He's one of those but, guys where you can't you can't buy though. If a contender has him, he's not selling CMC. 
And if you're trying maybe to- Maybe a strip, maybe a strip builder fire sale guy. Yeah, that's that's really the only route I can see CMC getting purchased at. But even then, there's the name. You're, you're going to have to overpay more than I want to pay, honestly. He's risky, man. Yeah, I mean, I think he's still worth two first. He's 27, which is, I don't know. It's not great, but at the end of the day, too, guys like McCaffrey, these that's the play style that's going to age well in the NFL and in fantasy football because he can catch all the passes out of the backfield. He might not get 100% of the snaps and all the rushing attempts, but – Dude, I mean, he averaged like 20 points a game in PPR last year, and I really don't see him slowing down. He now has a full offseason in San Francisco to actually absorb the offense. They're probably going to scheme up more things for him. I It's just wheels up for CMC. I, he's one of those guys like Henry where you just got to ride him till the wheels fall off because – they're Hall of Fame caliber for a reason, so they're they're probably going to produce well into the the later stages of their career. All right, so let's move into our consensus running back six, who is going to be Saquon Barkley. PJ, I know you had some thoughts to kick us off, so go right ahead. Uh, essentially, the reason why I have Saquon higher is I think he's more integral to his offense. I think there is no star there. There's no other alternative option in New York besides Saquon Barkley. You can talk about an aging Darren Waller. You can talk about rookie wide receivers all you'd like. He's stepping into the prime of his career. I think this is a very big season for him, especially with the contract negotiations. I think by this time next year, he might be around a little bit higher in value than he is now. I think he could be a top four RB by this time next year still and get top four pay. He can, he can overtake CMC and I have him higher ranked than CMC currently. Saquon is one of those guys. That's like, he's just a generational talent when he came out of college. I mean, he went number two overall, number three overall. I mean, one of the probably the highest running backs in the draft. Um, he was Baker Mayfield's class and it feels like Baker's been in the league forever. Saquon though, I'm I love Saquon. I really do. Don't get me wrong. I don't really worry about the contract negotiations. Peter kind of bought him for a dip there because one of our owners was a little scared, it seemed like. But I think he'll sign he's gonna play football. It just doesn't make sense for him not to. Like if you want to really sit out for another season, bro, and come back at twenty seven, they're not gonna pay you any more money. So play the game of football, get paid your ten, twelve million dollars. I don't know. The only thing that really worries me is the age. I don't think that he'll have a higher price tag next year. He's one of those guys where, like, if he pops and you're just not winning games, you're a middle of the pack team. I'd be looking to sell Saquon midseason and get two, two and a half first. I think that's pretty fair value for him. Yeah, I get the argument, Pete. It makes sense for me why you have him above McCaffrey. I feel like the only reason I have CMC higher is just for the guaranteed production, right? Like, Barkley's great, but he's had a few years where you don't know what you're going to get with him. The contract is also. Another reason why I have him behind McCaffrey. McCaffrey's under contract there until 2026. So that'll be his age 29 season, which in that three-year window we kind of talk about for competitors, everything. I mean, CMC is going to be locked in, um, barring a crazy injury. I mean, he's probably going to be locked in at the top five running back production 
for each of those years. Uh, Barkley, it's questionable. He is a year younger, but I do. If he gets a, a longer term deal, I would be willing to move him uh, probably above McCaffrey, honestly. Moving forward, Josh Jacobs finds himself as our consensus RB7. I'm there at RB5. Nixie at seven, and then Max at eight. I just think contract year Josh Jacobs, he's still young. He's not a young buck, but he's still young. Contract year Josh Jacobs, he will definitely improve this year, given the fact that he, he wants to get paid. He was great last year with not a lot of weapons. I want to hear what both of you guys have to offer about this. I like Josh Jacobs. It's just I think he's an average player. Like last year, I really think was a fluke. I get he's finished top 12 in like every single season. Max, that's the F word. We don't use the F word here. He's not finishing as the top running back again. I would honestly probably bet he doesn't finish top 12 again. I think that he's a very average player. They feed him the ball way too much. His touches, like, yes, he might only be 25 years old, but the amount of carries he gets per game is up there with like Derrick Henry. Um, he has a lot of wear and tear on those bones, and he's a. I wish player. you had Josh Jacobs because I'd be buying him right now. Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I used to have Josh Jacobs, and I don't know. There was talks about him sitting out and him wanting the money, and I get it. You, you're going to get paid and everything like that, but he's just not a big guy. He's had way too many carries from for his career for me, and I just think he's overvalued right now. If I had him, I'd be looking to sell. If I could get really any of these next couple guys we're about to talk about, plus I'd be world jacobs is really interesting to me like you said max i mean he gets fed the ball he had 340 carries uh this past season was second in the league and i was a josh jacobs fader going into this past season and i i got caught because of it i mean he had a monster season i uh had him in one league uh dynasty league and I sold him high after like the first five weeks. He was just on a monster tear. I was like, there's no way he's going to keep doing this. I sold it for a top five pick in Superflex, which I feel like is a good return. But at the end of the day, though, like you said, he's 25. These running backs are aging, and they're the, the, he is the rare breed of running back while he's on Las Vegas. And I think that's the key point, too. He needs a contract. It would be great to have him still be in Vegas. But I feel like if he goes anywhere else, his value is going to decline because there's no way a team's going to give him the amount of carries that Vegas has given him. And that's why he is valuable and I feel like has a higher value to me now than he did uh, going into pe- the past season just because, I mean, there's so few workhorse running backs in the league and you know Jacobs is – penciled in for 300 plus touches at least and he has the receiving upside as well which is pretty nice because i mean he gets 20 25 touch carries and then also can get like five or six catches out of the backfield which is nuts all right moving forward javonta williams is the next running back off the board for us we've been hearing some rumblings of alvin camara esque role all this uh, coach speak max i wanted to get your opinion because I remember you and I had a long discussion about Javonta Williams last year after the ACL tear. I want you to give me some insight on him if he's able to come back this year stronger than ever. 
I don't think so. I think that, one, I could see them adding a running back in free agency, whether that's Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, Lana Fournette, whoever it might be. Um, Two, I do think, like, yes, still recovering, and the average timeline for his particular recovery is like 12, 13 months. I mean, it's going to be close for week one. I think he really eases into the game plan, and I don't think he gets many carries off the rip. Um, Samaje is a great place to have if, if you could pay a third, late second for him. But it's just, I think Javonta is one of those guys where I'm not buying right now. I'll buy after week one or two when I see Samaje have 55, 60% of the carries. Um, and you could kind of tell that owner, hey, look, Melvin Gordon's done this. Now Samaje, they obviously don't trust him. He's still only 23 years old. He's super, super, super young. I do trust in that Sean Payton offense. I just think he's going to have a very slow start. Yeah, I totally agree, Max. I think P. Ryan's going to see a pretty good workload the first like three, four weeks, which is the is the buy window, like you just said, uh, for Javante. But the reason why I think we have him so high is just because of how young he is and all these running backs are aging out. And there's going to be a time where, I mean, he's 25 and then CMC is 29. Sean Payton is a good coach. He's going to be able to scheme Williams some touches, some receiving work out of the backfield, if anything. It's interesting to see how the split works out there because Javante's not really had like 80% of the touches there. So that is kind of concerning, but he's a good player and he's shown it in spurts. So I feel like that's enough to have him this high in the rankings. I would just, I would just say this. I would buy Javante in like week two, three, obviously, like if you start slow, but I'd be looking to sell Samaje after week one, two. I mean, I think you could pitch the narrative that Samaje is going to be the guy this year and John Payton loves him, yada, yada, yada. And you could probably get a mid to early second for him. All right, moving forward, ETN, running back from Jacksonville. I have him at nine. Nixie has him at eight, max nine. Does the second RB they're trying to, to run in with them scare you off? of ETN's potential to be a top, I'll say six RB, because he has top 12 potential no matter what. I still love ETN. I th- think the top six upside is probably capped for him. I, I don't know. It's it's the same narrative that was going into last season that James Robinson's going to take all this work from ETN. I think ETN's great. The big lack with his game is just the receiving upside. And that's where Bigsby could vulture in and and get. But at the end of the day, too, Lawrence really doesn't check down to running backs. I think he's middle of the pack, if not bottom third of the league for quarterbacks as far as like checkdowns and stuff goes. So ETN was top 15 in routes run. So he's running the routes. He's just not getting the checkdowns. And I don't know. As far as his upside goes, I feel like it definitely is capped, but he's a great running back. He, top five in breakaway runs, and that offense is going to be ascending, but I don't know. No, Nixie alluded a lot of it. I mean, for me, it's just this offense is only going to get better. They're going to have to feed Calvin Ridley, Evan Engram, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, and then you add Tank Bigsby on top of it. I don't know, man. He had over 20 carries three times last year, and that was supposed to be like his breakout season. The age is. And it's going to come down. Exactly. It's going to come down. They're going to do running back by committee. We've seen a lot of that things. Um, I get he's past the foot injury, but still, like, it's got to be in the back of his mind, man. I mean, 
Travis Etienne's this high for me just because, like Nixie's kind of said, I mean, when you get down here and we look at some of these guys, like Nick Chubb's 27, Najee Harris, 25, Eckler, I mean, 27, Ramadre, 25, 26. These guys are old, man, and we're just getting to the young buck. A lot of it's on age. It really is. A lot of it's on age and a lot of it's on talent. A guy who is not lacking talent, not lacking a, a decent age, but finds himself on the bottom half of this rankings is Tony Pollard for Dallas. The only reason they're able to cut him right after the year. So basically, we're going to see Pollard move to a different team this upcoming offseason. Even if he puts on an RB1 performance, right, and has an insane year, I just cannot see Jerry Jones paying a running back after what happened to him when he paid Zeke. So I think Pollard's going to be moving out the door at the end of this year, and that just invites too many question marks. I have him as the RB10. Nixie has him as 13. Max has him as 12. Nixie, why do you have him outside the top 12? age and contract situation. I don't think the injury is a huge concern as far as this year goes. He has great efficiency numbers across the board, and he always has when he's been splitting with Zeke. That is a redeeming quality about Pollard. Even though he is 26, he's going to turn 27. He doesn't have that much workload to where you're going to be like, oh, this dude's reaching a crazy number of touches. He's been able to spell with Zeke, and he's been good. I think he's in for genuinely probably a top five finish this year. That's where, to me, I have him lower just because past this season, what does it look like? Does he sign? Does he try to sign somewhere else, and then it's like now and then he's back to splitting with, I don't know, name X running back, but that's kind of why I have him uh, lower. All right, let's keep moving forward. Next up at our RB11 is Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, one of the GOATs, one of the hold-down running backs, true ground-and-pound running backs for the Cleveland Browns. I'll let the two Cleveland boys take the charge on this one. But without Kareem Hunt and not a lot of obstruction, I think he has upside to finish top three this year just as an RB period. But in a dynasty lens, I don't mind holding him in our top 12. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, he's got to be 28 December. Uh, so there's his age out of the way now. But like you said, their offensive line is pretty solid there in Cleveland. They did add a couple of wide receivers, which could take some pressure off the line. Because, I mean, last year they were just ground and pound Nick Chubb. They only had Amari Cooper, really. But, I mean, adding Elijah Moore, I do think, helps for that as well. Nick Chubb, though, not much competition. Great offensive line. He's one of those guys where I could really see, I mean, if you could go into a season with him and Pollard, that's an expensive like running backs to have. But those are the kind of guys like I'd rather have over Derrick Henry because I know that like I can get maybe another year or two out of them where these guys like Eckler, Derrick Henry, Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Mixon, like I don't know if they have another year or two, whereas those guys I feel I really truly believe do. So love Nick Chubb. Mr. C? Yeah, I love Nick Chubb too. I mean, his yards per carry is historical. I think he's like one of only like three or four running backs to have like over five yards per carry and X amount of seasons in a row, like three or four seasons. It's pretty nuts. Um, this year is going to be, I feel like his best year because it's the first time really in his whole career in his college career in his NFL career that he pretty much has the backfield to himself. Like, yeah, Jerome Ford is good, but at the end of the day, he's not as good as Nick Chubb. 
And I think we're going to see Nick Chubb involved in the passing game a bit more than he's ever been in his career. I mean, last year he had a decent number of receptions, especially when Hunt was out kind of down the stretch. You saw them involving Chubb in the pass game a bit more than he has recently. So I think he's going to get a lion's share of the touches and get some receiving work. And I feel like this offense takes a step forward. So Chubb, I – I think he could be a dark horse to finish top three this year. 100%. And Max, your boy, Nicholas Jamal Chubb. That's right. Lest we forget. Depending when your championships are, he plays Houston week 16. So that could be pretty juicy. Could be very juicy. Let's move on to the last player, our RB12 here, Najee Harris out of Pittsburgh. I know as a podcast, I think we have him a little bit higher than a lot of the the regular podcasts have for rankings. I think he's kind of slipped out of the top 12 just because of his inefficiencies last year. But we see the draft capital and Pittsburgh's revamping their offensive line. At least that's what I see, uh, especially with the addition of Broderick Jones this year. I wanted to get Max, your take. You have him the highest among all of us at RB10. He finished top 12 last year, believe it or not, even with his inefficiencies. They're going to pound him the ball. He'll, he's another guy that is a lock to get over 300 carries. I do worry a little bit about Jalen Warren. I did see that report come out recently from their offensive coordinator saying that they're going to have to use him. But Najee, I hate that he's 25 years old. That's what scares me off. If he was 23, 20, if he was 23, I'd put him top five. But just that the amount of carries he's going to get and his draft capital and he's coming up for a contract, he's going to have to ball out. So I like him at number 10 for me personally. Mr. C? Yeah, I'm the lowest. I have him at 16. I think the biggest thing for me, like you said, Max, his age, he's already 25. He's only been in the league for like two years, but it's just the opportunity. He gets a crazy amount of touches. You made a lot of the points, Pete, too. Offensive line improved. But for me, like I look at the player, Najee Harris, I didn't like him coming out of college, really. And he's been decent, but just because he's got so much opportunity, there's Jalen Warren hype, like you said, Max, but just for anybody at home, even you guys, Pete and Max, look up player profiler, Najee Harris, look at some of the analytical numbers he put up last season. I don't know, man. I I really just don't like him at all in Dynasty, but that's just me. All right. We wanted to thank everyone for making it to the end. Wanted to thank all of you. And a great way that you can kind of give back to us. Instead, go to at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Super producer puts up a lot of polls, fun facts. And my favorite, absolute favorite thing is the trade polls. Again, do great stuff over there. Want to thank you all for listening. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.